KXNO Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The Big 12 yesterday announced their preseason football media poll. Oklahoma was picked in the top spot with 68 first-place votes. Texas second with nine first-place votes. And third, Iowa State. It's the highest preseason selection for the Cyclones since the Big 12 moved to 10 teams. Iowa football has picked up another commitment for the 2020 recruiting class as 6'7", 220-pound tight end Luke Lachey commits to the Hawks. Lachey is the 22nd commitment in the 2020 class for Iowa and picked the Hawkeyes over offers from Michigan State, Nebraska, LSU, Wisconsin, Iowa State, and West Virginia. With the commitment, Iowa moves to 17th in the country for the 2020 recruiting rankings. High school baseball scoreboard from last night on a game heard on 1460 KXNO. It was Ankeny Centennial coming back for the 6-3 win over Des Moines East. Boone beats Dallas Center Grimes 3-2. Dowling Catholic with a doubleheader sweep against Mason City 11-4 and 6-3. Valley and Ottumwa split a pair. Waukee with a sweep against Des Moines Hoover. And in a top 10 matchup, Southeast Polk sweeps Urbandale 5-3 and 9-4. The second half of the Major League Baseball schedule gets started tonight with the single game as Houston's on the road to face Texas. The Astros have a seven-and-a-half game lead in the American League West, including a nine-game lead over Texas. According to a report from ESPN's Adam Schefter, Chargers running back Melvin Gordon has informed the team that unless he receives a new contract, he will not report to training camp, and he will demand a trade. The former Badger averaged 5.1 yards per carry last season, including 14 touchdowns. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Oh, this one got me out of my seat a couple of weeks ago. Yeah? Pleasant thought, is it? Um, <laughs> Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO, looking forward to being back in Chicago one week from today. Trent and I will be there. We will be broadcasting from Radio Row at Big Ten Media Days. Uh, Thursday and Friday next week at the Hilton in Chicago, the same Hilton uh, that the fugitive, the finale, or the, what do you call it? It's a final, the, whatever. The climatic. Yeah, the cl- end of the. The when it all came to a head, the fugitive. Uh, that's where it was filmed, and we'll be there. Uh, but not to do any movie trivia, but to do some uh, Big Ten media coverage, and look forward to being there Thursday and Friday of next week. I have in my hand, Ken Miller. What do you have? Our preseason predictions for Major League Baseball. I want to see these. This is the second checkpoint. We actually probably did this a little bit late, but say, Levy. Yes. Um, by prior to the season, we've done this every year. And soon, a month from tomorrow, we'll be able to actually go to our local casino, whichever mm-hmm. one you so choose. Um, whichever one. Wild Rose Casino, Squawky. Prairie, Lakeside, I guess, is within driving distance, oh, yeah. especially if you're in West Des Moines. From my spot, yeah, that's probably quicker than a few of those. Probably so. Was it 
45 minutes it's from West Des Moines? It's about 44, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, uh, but... Uh, the, the, Might have to open an account there. You won't be the only one. No. Uh, for a, a month from tomorrow, if everything goes according to plan, that's what Brian Rilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission told us. That is when the target date is to go live with sports wagering in Iowa. And Trent and I do this every year. We take a look at the six divisions prior to the season starting. The win totals come out, and we try to find a team that we're convinced is going to go over, under that win total, and we opine accordingly. Uh, you don't need to look at the American League East for me. I embarrass myself, but um, where? because uh, I have no chance of getting that one right. Who did you take, and what did you do there? Well, you don't want me to bring up that you took your team, the Toronto Blue Jays, <laughs> over thinking? 74 and a half? What was I thinking? Hang you on. were all in the Vlad. You were from the get-go. I was. And he didn't <clears throat> burst onto the scene, though he is... Well, he didn't get there right off the bat, right. either. Household name now after the home run yeah, derby on Monday night. Sure. So the so the Blue Jays are on pace to win. Uh, they're on pace to win forty eight games. No way! It's that bad? Uh, no, sixty games. Sixty games. Is it sixty? On pace to win sixty and a half. Actually, is okay. It? So I'm, I, that's going to be an L. Who do you have? I got the Yankees. Okay, ninety six and a half was the number. I went. Over and they're going to fly over, aren't they? I'm feeling very good about that. What are they on pace to win? Oh man, they let's see how many would they won right now, or what's their win percentage? Six forty eight. Six forty eight. All right, bring out the calculator. They are on pace for 105 wins. Yeah, home free. Feeling good. Uh, so one nothing for you. Central Division. I know. I I think I took the White Sox, but I want to say I went under. We both took the White Sox. That was both of our picks. We both took the under. The number seventy four and a half. They're on pace to win seventy nine. Not feeling great about this one. No, nope. but it maybe come along if they start to fall back a little bit more. Even selling off more pieces. Any other veterans could be mm-hmm. a guy like Jose Abreu and see if he can get a haul for him. Something along those lines, but. Not feeling great, either of us, I think, for the White Sox pick. To the west of the American League, uh-huh, uh-huh. you went with the Houston Astros. And I think I went over. You did. And a what big was number. The, what was it? 96 and a half. Same they're as on, the Yankees. They're on pace to win a buck three. You're feeling great there. I feel good. Finally going to put one in the win column in the American League. What did you do? I went with the Oakland A's. Surprise team a year ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't think it was happening two years in a row. 83 and a half was the number. They're surprising again. Yes, they are. They're they're in the wild card right now. They are. Yes, they they hold the uh, well, game and a half back still of Cleveland though for the second wild card spot. But they're playing well, and they're on pace to win eighty nine ball games. So not great there. So uh, let's see. One and two for me. One and two for me. One and two for you. Okay, let's go to the National League. Maybe Where, it'll be better. Well, I think I've got the I've got the East. I don't want to say wrapped up, but I feel pretty good because I took Atlanta. Correct. You did well. You picked them to win the division, but I your didn't pick, take them. You took the Nationals oh, no. under on the Nationals, 88.5. Now, for two and a half months, you're looking great. Yeah. I mean, you were. Why didn't I take the Braves? I got them down for your division pick, but oh. you took the under on the Nats, 88.5 the number. That's going to be right around there, especially be... if they keep playing the way they have the yep. last month. Right down to the wire, no doubt. Who did you have there? I went with the Mets. 85.5 was the number. I took the under. They're flying under. Feeling great. 10 games under in a train wreck. Of an organization. I did have the Nats, though, to win the division. Still got work to do, but mm-hmm. I've uh, added a little bit extra to the kitty on that one. A couple all of right. odds I've seen. I uh, was all over the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh-huh. They are on pace to win 81 ball games. And I believe I took the over, and I feel like I'm going to take an L there. Yes, over 88.5 was the number. That's going to be difficult water. to get to. I don't think anybody's getting to 89 nope. wins in this division. I don't either. I have Milwaukee. 
And you went over? I went over. 86 and a half, though, was that number. So still still a shot. It's going to be close. Yes. That one's going to be one to be sweating right down to the wire. I took the Cubs to win the division. I think I feel better about the Brewers going over 86 and a half than I do about the Cubs winning the division, though. You know, the Cubs' last eight series, they're 4 and 4 Last eight series, 0-4-4. Wow. There's, t- there's, there's troubles with this team. We've talked about. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. All right, to the West. San Diego for you. Why do you always pick San Diego every single year? I don't year? know. I seemingly do, don't I? And I went, did I go over? You did. And, and over, what was the number? 70 what? 70, it was higher than the last year. 78? 78 and a half. Okay. Pretty good. I think the, they'll finish over, but I don't feel real good about it. They're making a call on Thor. I saw a report from earlier today. They're not all done. Of course, they had really? the... The spending spree that they had this yeah. offseason. Some of the young guys have jumped up, mm-hmm. not just Tatis, but with Strom and a few mm-hmm. other those pitchers. Why not, right? You're not catching the Dodgers, but chance to get in the playoffs and build mm-hmm. this organization. Sure. Go for it. I'm right there with you. I did take the Dodgers. How did this, you go over? Yeah, ninety three and a half was the number. That's it. I, oh, Trent, you put the mortgage this year. On. You should have. If Milwaukee gets there, you're gonna go four and two minimum. Four and two. At Oakland, maybe they take a step back. White Sox, maybe. I, yeah. Feeling good. Feeling good. Division picks. We both had the Yankees. We yep. both had Cleveland. We both had. We Houston. both had Cleveland. Yep. Both had the Dodgers. You had the Cardinals. I had the Cubs. Mm-hmm. You had the Braves. I had the Nationals. Our World Series picks. You remember what you picked? Um, I don't. Yankees. Okay. With the Yankees winning it. I had the Yankees winning it over the Cardinals. But the Yankees look like that's still pretty, pretty, they're in a good spot. I had the Astros winning it all. Uh, I hope that you're right and I'm wrong. I'd like to, well. Opposite, the Nationals. You know, I invested a lot in the Nats this year. And they're going to get in, I think. And with Scherzer, who is as good as you're going to find. And Strasford, if if he's healthy. Mm -hmm. And Corbin. At that lineup, mm-hmm. that that's David finally Martinez healthy. was being run out of town. Oh, as he should have been. Uh-huh. Now injuries were a part of it, no yep. doubt. But Trey Turner's healthy, yeah. and Rendon's healthy, and Soto and the young guys are starting to swing it. That's a scary, scary team, top to bottom. I don't think they'll catch the Braves. Their bullpen still sucks too much. Yeah, really. You look at that thing. They had a bullpen ERA for the first two months of the season over seven. That's atrocious. Over seven. For bullpen ERA. And here they are right now, the same record as the, uh, no, better record than the Cubs. How? Crazy. Uh, Alex Halstead joins the program next. Uh, we'll talk Iowa State with Alex. Then Hawkeyes with Mark Morehouse, Miller and Condon till noon, 1460. 1460 KX. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. To know. Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Make up your mind. 
All right, welcome back. Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you here until noon. Mark Morehouse in about 20 minutes on the Hawkeyes. Right now, Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. He'll be in Dallas uh, for Big 12 Media Days Monday, Tuesday next week. Alex Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Boy, in uh, some weeks you're just starving for content. Not this week, Alex. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I think we finally have more and more to talk about. That should probably continue from here on. But there's been basketball news. There's been football. And then, like you said, going to Big 12 Media Days this weekend. So things are finally getting out of the summer uh, slow period. No doubt about it. And we're all for that. Well, let's talk basketball quickly before we get to football. Because there was some news. I mean, Halliburton, what a remarkable tournament he had. And I know that earlier uh, in the week you had a uh, sit-down with Steve Prohm. He discussed a number of topics, the roster, as well as uh, Bolton, the transfer coming in from Penn State, and the likelihood of you know him gaining a waiver. What did Prohm say about Bolton, who would be, um, look, he's going to be a great addition, whether it's next year or this year. I thought he was really good in his freshman campaign. What uh, what kind of nuggets did you glean from the, the Bolton eligibility uh, portion of the conversation? Yeah, I think right off the bat, the first kind of nugget is that it, it seems like Iowa State's still finalizing that petition or waiver, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Prome told me that they're still dotting their I's and crossing their T's, and they're going to get that sentence soon. But he said that they hope to have an answer um, right around the 1st of August. So, um, you know, all signs point to they – they are feeling okay about it. Prome didn't really allude to how they feel, but it sounds like they felt decent about his chances to get uh, that waiver. But they still need to hear from the NCAA. And it sounds like they still actually need to finish their process, but they're hoping that by the end of the month or sometime early August they'll know. But when they go over to Italy, I think regardless he can play. So, um, you know, they can, they've been obviously practicing with him and all that sort of thing, but now they need to see if he can impact the team because – you know, he is kind of the X factor. Prom did say that if he's eligible, it kind of changes the dynamic yeah. because he thinks he, Prentice Nixon, and Tyrus Halliburton are all capable of being double-digit scorers if uh, Bolton is on the on the team next year. Alex, do you have a feeling with this basketball team where your expectations are going to be after having a chance to talk with Prom and, and seeing these guys a little bit here during summer league play and some of the reports that have come out? What's your feeling with this squad? What's your expectation? Yeah, I do think Bolton's kind of the the key hang-up in, in what that expectation might be because, you know, in talking to Prome, he kind of did go through basically the entire roster with me, how he feels about it. And he obviously feels really good about Tyrese Halliburton. He feels good about Prentice Nixon. But otherwise, on that perimeter, there's just questions. You know, they, they're challenging Terrence Lewis to take that next step. That's kind of been their big message for him since the season got over and said, hey, this is your time. It's kind of do-or-die time for you to, you know, take that role. Um, and then they they got they like guys like uh, Trey Jackson and Caleb Grill. It sounds like as guys that can play early, mm. but you know none of that's proven. And so I think the the key X factor is probably getting Rasir Bolton eligible, and then that gives you a pretty good backcourt of you know him, Prentice Nixon, and Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, talking to Prom though uh, earlier this week, he he raved about his front court. He thinks that's maybe the strength of the team, at least in terms of experience. He really likes Michael Jacobs and Solomon Young and George Condit as that trio. And uh, I think Trent, you know, like this, he said that, you know, things early in the season, especially they could play a lot of two guard or two forward lineups. So um, it, now it's kind of figured out how this team fits, but it sounds like they want to play a couple bigs together. And that obviously 
is a lot different than last year. No doubt about it. Alex Halstead from Cyclone Alert uh, is is our guest. Well, let's. Uh, well, we went on Halliburton and just a you know remarkable uh, couple of weeks that he had. Uh, what did Prom say about him as to, as to what he expects growth wise out of what's starting to look like will be Halliburton's final season in Ames? Yeah, he said he said Tyrese needs to obviously take that big step in terms of you know be more of a scorer, but he said he's also not worried that. You know, he's just going to start chucking up shots because it's not really in his nature. You know, that that was one thing in talking to people who were actually in Greece, too, is that um, he was really efficient. You know, he averaged 6.8 points, and, you know, I, I think Iowa State wants to see him in double figures, but he's a smart enough player where he's, he's you can't push him to just take shots because that's not really his thing. You know, it's going to come naturally to him, but when you look at what he did overseas, you know, 10 of 18 from 3, 12 of 14 from 2, he, he takes the shots that he has, and so I think that's what made him – so efficient last year and allowed him to shoot 43% from three last year. So Pro wants to see him take another step, but um, I see, you know, he seems really happy. He said he talked to Bruce Weber and said that, you know, Bruce Weber kind of told him what I think Iowa State fans is that he just made a difference every time he was on the floor, even if he wasn't scoring. And so um, the big thing, I think the big question is how good can he be now as a sophomore? So to football and the release came out. It wasn't a surprise, I don't think, to any of us that, Iowa State was selected third. We've talked about that a lot. But that gap, pretty significant between Iowa State and the team that was picked fourth, TCU. Did that surprise you at all, Alex? Yeah, a, a little bit, but I think it kind of follows what we've talked about on here, too, in, in recent months. It feels like there's kind of three tiers to this conference this year where yeah. everybody kind of felt like Oklahoma, Texas, and Iowa State were kind of the, the top three, and then the next tier is TCU, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. And then a lot of people think that bottom tier – or the, the third tier would be Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas State, and Kansas. And that's kind of how the voting shapes out. And I think you could probably go to four tiers. Kansas was quite a bit in right. sense, But it just feels like there's kind of different gaps. And I do think, you know, with that said, I think Iowa State, you know, even if they're challenging for, say, the top of the conference, I do think, you know, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Baylor have enough talent to all still challenge for third as well. It's just a matter of how some of those pieces come together, you know, even Iowa State has different questions with you know replacing Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery. Then I think you look at Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma State. They all have kind of one key question where if they can answer, you know, that question, they can probably challenge to be right up there too. Hmm. I'm anxious uh, to to hear Les Miles once he gets to Dallas and, and meets the uh, you know the Big Twelve media. Why why did he take that job? I mean, he, did he need to get uh, his football Jones scratched? Um, that he was willing to take the Kansas Jayhawks football. I'll never understand that one, uh, Alex. I'm anxious to see what he says about that. Yeah, yeah. I think part of it is, yeah, he, he wanted to get back in. I think he obviously had the connection to Jeff Long, their athletics director, and it just seemed like it all came together. You would, If you were him, you would think you'd want a different job at his age because that Kansas job is just an undertaking. It's not a short-term fix, even if it gets fixed. You know, it's a team that I, I'm still not sure is that the 85 scholarship count. Um, you know, they, they're over under in Vegas. It's three and a half wins, and I think that's already been betted down to three. It was just, it's, that's year one, I and mean, it's just such an undertaking that I, you know, you got to be really active on the recruiting trail and 365 days a year. It's not like it recruits itself a little bit like LSU did or whatever. So I, I was a little surprised, but I think, you know, he just wanted to get back into football and, it's going to be interesting to see what impact he makes this year and in the next couple of years. No, I posed this question before. I, I'm not sure if it was to you, Alex, but of the coaches, Les Miles, that's the one that's kind of the head scratcher. But the other three coaches coming in, all selected towards the bottom of the conference this year. 
Long term, who do you like most? Kleiman at Kansas State, Brown out at West Virginia, and Wells at Texas Tech. Out of that group of three, who do you think is going to have the most success? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think right off the bat, I would probably lean Matt Wells just because I think he comes into the best situation. You know, mm. he's coming into a team that has Alan Bowman at quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's got pieces that started five and two last year before they lost their, I think, what, last five games. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, if he wins a couple of those last five games, he's still there probably. And, um, or at least they're not firing him. He'd have to leave it, leave on his own. But I just think they're set up to maybe win seven, six, seven games right away. And that obviously helps propel your program from the beginning. But, you know, I think Neil Brown's done such a good job. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do. I think he's um, starting to bring in some players already, but it just seems like he's going to have a little bit more of an uphill battle from the start because he loses Will Greer and David Sills, two of their top linemen uh, on the offensive side, David Long at linebacker, Kenny Robertson, all big 12 last year. They've had, I think 13 transfers. Um, so it's just more of an undertaking. That, and sometimes, you know, it, with a new coach, if you don't win right away, it just gets harder and harder year after year to recruit. So I think Matt Wells has set up the best out of those guys to come in and win right away, or at least go to a bowl game this season. Um, but, you know, I think Kleiman and, and Neil Brown are both kind of in good territories recruiting-wise in terms of what they've done in the past. Um, we've seen Iowa State win in Norman. In fact, the last time they were there, they they picked off uh, uh, the Sooners. So you will take the Sooners out of the equation. Most difficult road stop for Iowa State in 2019, not named Oklahoma, is who? I'd probably say Baylor. Um, you know, you got to go to Baylor game four. That's a team that I think a lot of people think is going to be sneaky. I mean, uh, Charlie Brewer is probably a top three quarterback in the conference, for sure top four quarterback in the conference. Um, those have been games that have been kind of grinded out, uh, more physical games under Matt Rule. You know, the big thing with them probably is going to be what their offensive line looks like, but, you know, they return, I think, their top three rushers. They got Charlie Brewer at quarterback, um, the second leading receivers back from last year. They had two players on the All-Big 12 defensive team, which was second most, along with TCU, uh, behind Iowa State. So they've got the pieces. I think they return a ton of their starters. um, Then you go on the road. I think that's probably the most difficult one. And then I think it's going to be interesting the two-week stretch where they go back-to-back to to West Virginia and Texas Tech. Um, And then that leads, I think, into Oklahoma and Texas shortly after. So that's going to be a critical Oklahoma State before that. Yeah. yeah, Oklahoma State, yeah. Right. Yeah, and the Baylor game, and to your point on Baylor, it was a two-touchdown. It was, what, 28-14, but it felt like it was closer than that. I mean, that that game to me was was still in doubt. Yeah, Iowa State won by, you know, a couple of touchdowns, but that was closer than the score indicated, if I recall. Yeah, Iowa State jumped out quick, and then the whole David Montgomery scuffle happened, and then I think from there on it was always like, Charlie Brewer and Baylor had a couple chances in the red zone, and if they score, it's, mm-hmm. it's right there. And they never did, but it felt like they could. And, and that's just a team that has played, started to play better under Roy. I think some people are mixed on them. Will they be able to take that next step this year? But that early in the season, and with a quarterback like Brewer on the road, that that's why I think that one stands out as the most difficult road game outside of, like you said, Oklahoma, which will by far be their. Probably lowest win probability. And it's their first road game of the season. Cyclone Alerts, Alex Halstead with us here. So four guys there, Kniffle, Spears, Bailey, and Jones. Who's going to be the best interview out of that group? Hmm. uh, Josh Kniffle's pretty good. Um, You've talked to him. You know, he's he's pretty good. He's uh, We'll kind of go into, like, different stories. I think, you know, Marshall Spears um, doesn't seem to, like, Love doing interviews. I mean, he's kind of more focused on playing football. But uh-huh. I think Jaquan Bailey, if he opens up, is 
probably going to be the best. He's going to be the one that probably gives you the funny one-liners and that sort of thing. That's kind of how he is. So I'd probably go with Jaquan for being the best, but I think um, Josh Kniffel is pretty good just in terms of going in-depth on different stuff. I think Cyclone Alert's parent company 24-7 Sports, when they previewed the Big 12, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, I think they had Jaquan Bailey as the defensive player of the year. Did I see that right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. And I've seen a lot of different ballots that came out after the All-Big 12 voting and um, he was a lot of people's pick for that. It seems like a lot of people are torn between uh, Jaquan Bailey and uh, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, the linebacker. So I think if Jaquan Bailey has double-figure sacks this year, um, he's going to put in Iowa State you know, a, a good defense like it was last year. He's going to put himself right in that conversation because I think those are two things. You know, People look at the numbers, but they also look on at you know who's playing on the best or one of the best defenses in the conference. Uh, have fun in Dallas, Alex. Look forward to recapping it when you get back, uh, uh, probably this time. When do you get back? With the Tuesday night, Wednesday? Wednesday morning, I'll fly back to the morning. So. Good stuff. Well, we'll hopefully catch you once you land uh, after uh, after your flight. Thanks, Alex Halstead. Enjoy Dallas. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com on the Cyclones. Let's take a time out, come back. We'll do the same with the Hawkeyes. Mark Morehouse joins us next from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Here until noon, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. IA slash camp. All my friends are Edens, take it slow. Wait for them to ask you who you know. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. So I asked Trent to find some 21 pilots because I'd never heard of them, and they're trending on Twitter, and they're coming to Wells Fargo Arena, and I figured, I must know some of these tunes, I think you do. Not this one, I don't. No, this doesn't do it? Never heard of them. Stone Temple pilots I'd heard of, but the 21 pilots, not so much. How about this one? No, no, no. Not part of your lexicon. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, Mark Morehouse is Cedar Rapids Gazette. He'll be in Chicago next week. By the way, fellas, um, our, my dentist, Dr. Stephen Fuller, and I were grad a couple of locations here. He sent me the University of Iowa. I guess they put out a newsletter. And there's a uh, a piece on the Epinesa family, all-access Iowa football, spring football uh, Pops is in there. The, the brothers are in there. They go to Hawaii uh, to their home and watch them trade. Have you seen that, Mark? Good to talk to you. How are you? Uh, no, I don't really. Re- I don't consume any of the uh, propaganda <laughs> right. from the. Year. It's a pretty good one. So uh, I don't care. Uh, but ETN <laughs> is going there, and they're going to do a journey thing. So I think people will like that. Are they really? I think, actually, I think this is part of that. Actually, maybe I don't know for sure. But I think that there's something in the works for that way. So check out BTN. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised because it's a really well-done piece. Um, it, it wasn't the entire piece, but what I saw yesterday, I thought, wow, that's pretty good. So we got all this going on, Mark, but A.J. Epinesa isn't going to be in Chicago. Still head-scratching. Help me out. Do you have any theory of the reason that he's not going to be there? Uh, I think because of what I just said, kind of. Uh, mm. There's been a... We requested to go down there and got a no, but they're but, but we're, they're working with us, which is cool. And then uh, uh, BTN, you know, as you know, going down there, and Kirk is really kind of—he's uh, sensitive to the circus atmosphere that can be. And this is probably the worst month of the year for that because I think a lot of media, a lot of alarms went off with a lot of media, like thinking, "Hmm, 
I think maybe AJ Epineza might have a chance to go to play professional football after <laughs> this year. So maybe this is my last really chance to go maybe do that kind of story. And so I think a lot of alarms went off, and I think Iowa got a few requests on that, and they got you know they had to manage it. And I don't blame them. Now when Torn Young's sitting there and no one's talking to him, right? I think I'm going to be a little bit mad at parents at that point because. You're not doing the kid any favors. Totally today. agree. Said the same thing early in the week, Mark. It's it's it's, it's going to be painful, and, and you feel bad for him, no doubt about it. Well, let's move on, and we know Jim Delaney's going to speak. What do you think? Last year, the injury report was a big talker. He said the right things, and then nothing happened. Uh, sports wagering has expanded and continues to expand. I think we're up to 15 now. Uh, what do you expect from him, and will we hear from his replacement, Kevin Warren, at all, who I'm actually anxious to to listen to speak? I would think so. I would think Kevin Warner would have uh, an opportunity to at least meet with media, maybe not on the big platform. Uh, Delaney doesn't really strike me as a megalomaniac, so I think he'd be happy to give him some time up there. Um, Delaney, as far as big issues for the Big Ten, I don't. I can't really think of any. In Iowa, yeah, sports gambling is going to be a thing here, and that'll be something that, uh, oh, as the season progresses, you'll probably start seeing some stories on that. But there's no expansion. There's no TV contracts. There's no, oh, I don't think there's any. There could be some quibbles about early season scheduling. But really, I'm just there for the, to watch Michigan State media, quote, unquote, <laughs> ask a Jim Harbaugh question. That, I'm there for that. Yeah, it's pretty good. The back and forth. <laughs> it's it's that's really good. Entertaining. There's no doubt about it. Going to be a fun one in Chicago. Mark, uh, this Iowa football team adds another commitment yesterday. Another tight end coming in. No surprise, tight Raven ends about this Iowa. kid either. As well, big dude, already six foot seven. Lachey is the last name. His dad played for the Washington Redskins. Maybe more of a developmental future offensive tackle. And overall, just recruiting. I know you don't get deep in the weeds with it, but overall, it just feels different. Iowa football recruiting these last couple of years. Yeah, and with uh, it's Luke Lachey, I believe, and I think with him. Uh, I think Plan Sick Day, my friend Plan Sick Day, has kind of tweeted, beat me to the tweet, and uh, said, hey, I think Iowa just got an out Lentro. <laughs> so that's, that, that's good. You look at the frame, he's 6'7", but I also think maybe, and I'm not going to put this on him, but I do think Brian Ferentz, as the tight ends coach, offensive coordinator, is kind of a, kind of wants a Gronk. And they, you could argue that they've had, you know, maybe T.J. Hawkinson was a virgin, version of that last year. I think they kind of want a Gronk, and uh, this kid is six seven, so he's got that sort of size. Uh, absolutely interested in this guy. I think uh, look at the offer sheet, and great get for the Hawkeyes. No doubt about it, uh, Mark. Uh, we, week one has snuck up on this team uh, in the past. Not that they've been, you know, beaten uh, recently. When when was the last time they got beaten early in the season? Um, uh, North Dakota, North Dakota State, State maybe. maybe that would be it, but this Miami of Ohio team. Well, what do we know about them? I'm not saying that they're gonna, you know, that they're gonna trip them up, but seemingly, you know, take some time to get some kinks worked out. What do you know about Miami of Ohio? Well, when I wrote about them a while ago, I don't. They were still looking for a quarterback. That would have been Mayish, so that's not a good start. Uh, but I think uh, the coach Martin uh, is Chuck Martin is a good sort of Ferencine coach and that he's going to play tough defense and he's going to he's going to shape his offense in a way that kind of protects the defense. So that that you'll see maybe a consensus sort of game plan there. You'll see a, maybe a game defense, but uh, I think you'll see Iowa's defense um, absolutely swallow up uh, Miami. I don't think they'll be able to run the ball. I don't think they'll be able to throw the ball. 
Rutgers Week 2, Big Ten game early. They'll have one against Indiana in a couple years to open up the season before Iowa State. While Iowa State will have the bye week going into the Cyhawk game. Overall, the schedule, we've talked a lot about the road matchups, but early on, this Rutgers matchup, since it's Rutgers, it almost doesn't feel like a Big Ten conference game. Does it in your mind? Yeah, because it says, but that's it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I saw yesterday the Big Ten is, uh, I saw a number on Twitter, I'm not sure where. I think mean, the Big Ten is 750 million, the SEC like 550 million. I think that's, that's Rutgers value is the Big Ten, being in the East Coast and having, being in those cable markets and having that demand and having that that uh, income. That is Rutgers value of the Big Ten. The D value comes when it actually shows up in the stadium. Now, can Nebraska, or can Nebraska, can Rutgers surprise anybody? Sure. They have athletes. They really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, they haven't sustained anything. Um, uh, Chris Ash hasn't uh, really, his personality is, hasn't shown through and uh, really feels like they're starting over in year three with him, and I can't believe that that's a good thing for him. Mm. Mark, who's the guy, and there is one every year that we're not talking about, but for whatever reason he gets his opportunity, maybe it's Linderbaum would be the guy just because he's going to anchor that offensive line, but but who's the guy that you know we don't know about uh, much about right now in the middle of July, but once we get to the middle of October, middle of November, we'll be thinking back to, uh, boy, this kid came out of nowhere and what an impact he's, he's having. Is there that guy on this team? Um... Not you got to define impact. I mean, I would a couple names I would throw out would be a decent example. I was talking to Cedric Lattimore, and he's a uh, he brought up uh, Davion Nixon, who I think okay. we all know about. We all know about right. him, but we all need to see Davion play. It's been a couple of years. I want to see him play. I think he could be a factor in the middle. And along with Davion, I think there's Austin Schulte, a, a kid who's been hurt a lot during his career. Um, I came in with a torn ACL from Penler. Uh, was an offensive lineman, is now a defensive lineman. He's a guy who's kicked around a little bit and has a little bit of stuff on the baseball, but, you know, uh, the light can turn on for a guy. I'm not saying he can be, uh, Jillian Johnson, but I'm saying he can maybe be a Sam Brace guy. And guys like that, you know, they might not show up in a stat sheet, they might not be a poster in somebody's bedroom, but they're the guys that are going to inch things forward. And a guy like Austin Schulte might have some meaningful moments this year for the Hawkeyes. Mark, it, it continues to sit in the back of, uh, I think, a lot of Iowa fans' mind about the running game. The last couple of years just hasn't been as good. Is it the nature of defenses getting faster? Is it Iowa's inability to kind of evolve with it in the running game? Zone blocking scheme still a part of it. We saw more of the gap blocking a year ago. You got to go through, of course, the, the media football 101 a couple weeks back uh, with the coaches over there. But your thoughts on the run game and, and what it's going to look like this season? You know, there's. I think people kind of assume Iowa will be better at that this year. I, I, I have a harder time making that assumption. I do like everything that's been said about Tyler Linderbaum at center. Mm-hmm. I need to see it. Um, I need to see the guards work. I need to see who they are. And then running back, I think, is, a, one of, is the number one mystery on this team. I'm not saying it's a mystery. I think we know the contestants, obviously. We haven't seen two of them really do anything. Shadrick Bird and Tyler Goods, we haven't seen them do anything. So we don't know yet. Uh, I heard Anthony Heron this morning on the Big Ten, or, uh, oh, the full ride show on XM. I listened to that a little bit, and he said Tori Young's Iowa's best running back guy. Mm. Yeah, I would debate that. I would yeah. debate that. I think the results, I think Makai Sturgeon would ba- debate that. So there's a lot of sorting to do. And I, if I had a spy cam or if I had a drone, 
I would follow around Derek Foster and his group the whole time at camp because I think that this is when it's going to be decided. And it's going to be a hot hand probably. There's probably going to be three that they go to. I don't see one guy winning at all. And if he does, boy, that guy had a heck of a camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, uh, seemingly every year, or a lot of years anyways, the over-under win total comes out at about 7.5. Um, when, when you look at that schedule, it seems like the right number to me. Does it to you? Yes. And I, I w- 8 is more than 7.5. And, and Ken, you've seen some of the bets, plus 55, 50, or 150, or something like that. Yep. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but... I think those bets are pointing to more eight wins. Mm-hmm. So I think eight wins is a pretty safe bet, and I wouldn't bet a mortgage on it, but I would bet maybe a week's worth of lunch. Just because I think uh, I think Iowa can win eight games, and that number right there, Vegas did it again. I think it's a juicy number, and I, I think it's going to get a lot of action. Eight and four for most would be a disappointment, but this eight and four would be different because of the schedule. I don't think that's going to matter much in the minds of the fans, though, right? No, and then you're right. It will be a disappointment because, you know, there'll be another four or five guys in the NFL. Right. And I think Iowa fans kind of have that. I kind of have a little bit of, well, the math doesn't add up. All these guys going to the NFL doesn't add up to win. Well, yeah, it takes more than those five guys going to the NFL. So there is that, and there's depth. I mean, everybody knows all the reasons, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think the four is safe. I haven't really sat down and tried to, you know, hammer that out yet. It is actually the worst thing of the year because it's the one you're, it's the biggest chance for you to eat some crap throughout the year. And it's a total guess. And you don't know how things will be shaped. So, yeah, I'm going to have to do that. I'm, I wish I could use halves like Vegas. Hmm. I would say eight and a half. But I don't get away with that. So I'm, I'm somewhere in eight and nine right now. Um, depending on how, you know, may, maybe Nebraska's defense isn't real, but I don't know. Uh, I, I think the West tell you what i I, don't, I think you guys i think we're on the same page i think the west is going to be fantastically interesting I this do year too. i think the games are going to be tooth and nail yep i can't wait for that that part we're all going to be looking up tiebreakers mark that's how i see it once the calendar <laughs> turns to november hey buddy we'll see you in chicago great thank idea for a post. yeah that's good a great idea for a post. absolutely good stuff thank you mark you bet take care see you in chicago mark morehouse cedar rapids gazette uh, as uh, we talk Iowa. I, I saved the, I was going to save, and we'll do this before, because Nate Stanley comes in, what, 23 touchdown passes away from Chuck Long's record? Is it 23? I think so. I think I that's 25. 20. Uh, 20-something. But yes, he, he, yes. It, it's a number that, he is, that he's gone over on his average yes. in his tenure. You're a betting person. Uh-huh. Does he break it? Does the bowl game count? You know, I don't know the answer to that. That that's a great question. I I, I honestly I don't know I the answer. Think that it does now. Here it is. Nate Stanley has fifty two in his career. Yeah, the record is seventy four. So twenty three would break. Mm-hmm. I would bet yes. If the bowl game counts, and I guess it does, right? Yeah, they, they count for every the other stats. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think he does too. If put it another way, though, he's thrown twenty six touchdowns each of the last two years. Does he go over that number this year? Mm. I'd bet no on that. Yeah, I'm not. Tight ends are different. And he's done. Look how he's done it. I mean, yes, he's had the tight ends. But he's, he's a roller coaster. Yeah, but he's really never had it. Unless I'm missing somebody. Who's who's that wow guy? Every, every team's got a, a wide receiver. That, no, no fan. Not the tight ends. 
I just got the tight ends. You can't say tight DJ ends. DJ Hawkinson, those were those guys. Those were those guys, right? But my point being, he might break this record without a uh, a real home run threat. Yeah. I mean, are we going to see a big jump forward from Brandon Smith this year? You have to. He's got the body type. Yeah, he has to. He's made some ridiculously nice yes, grabs. Yes, he has. Got a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Mir Smith-Marset, is he that deep threat? Is he a guy that's mm-hmm. going to blow the top off? And then inside, they still have the questions at the slot, coupled with the tight end. Yes, he breaks it. I think he, he gets twenty-three. It. Does he get more than twenty-six? He's had the last two years. I would go yes on the break, and no on the over twenty-six. I'm right there with you. Can't bet those uh, type player of props. Prop. Yeah, not not here in the state of Iowa. And that's okay. They had to give up something, get something. That's what they did. We will accept it, no doubt. And a month from tomorrow, they will at least. That was the last we report that mm-hmm. we got from Brian Rilko. If everything stays on course, a week from a week, a month from tomorrow, they'll be lifting the curtain. We'll have some fun though with our own player props. We'll make sure. some up, and I think that's probably a good start right there. Yes. Indeed. All right. Um, tomorrow, we'll give away some barbecue. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk Big 12 overall with Pete Mundo from Heartland College Sports. Can try and slide Bama in here. Remember last year we did that exercise, if not Clemson, who in the ACC? Okay. If not Alabama, who in the Georgia. SEC? Yeah, well, that was the we, answer. We might have to couple those two together. So throw both of them out? Yeah. Okay. Now, what do we do in the Big Ten? If not Ohio State and Michigan, who? I would I say think that's fair. Yeah, make yeah. it more fun, right? Yeah. So we'll do that maybe amongst some other stuff with uh, Bama Bob. He'll join the program tomorrow, and uh, we'll get a uh, a Big Ten guest in here as well. All right, uh, we've got baseball tonight. You've got something to bet on. I do you like the Rangers? You like the Astros? Haven't dug in yet. With only one, I can really get into Spend the numbers. Some here. time on that. Maybe one. play some player props. Shaking. I'm ready for it. It's back. Uh, we will, speaking of back, Murph and Andy are back today at 2. A week from tomorrow, by the way, is Hackfest, KXNO.com. Fanatics at 4. Rush will start it all tomorrow morning at 6. Miller and Condon, we're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.